There's simply no better place to get all the news in the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Alrighty, team. Locked On Spartans, on today's episode, we got Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports to talk all things basketball and football. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, August 11th is the date. Rumor has it, uh, Wednesday's the day. This week seems to be flying by pretty fast. And that's a good thing because that means we only got 20... Three days left until the Spartans kick off their season in Evanston against those pesky Wildcats of Northwestern. Um, Until then, though, oh yeah, that's right. Another episode for you guys, as we do around these parts, five days a week, Monday through Friday, on Locked on Spartans, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. That would be much appreciated. And as always, if you have comments or questions that we can answer on the podcast... Hit us up, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com, or find me at Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter. Always happy to have whatever random questions you guys have. Um, Just for a heads up, on tomorrow's show, we will have MSU icon Keith Nickel. Uh, He'll be on for two segments. We did a quick little chat yesterday, caught up with his uh, professional life, and of course, had to talk about his MSU playing days, and this will surprise you. We did talk about the Hail Mary against Wisconsin, so that's a fun little conversation coming for you guys tomorrow. But for then, on today's show, that's right, as we teased all week, uh, we've got Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports uh, in to talk with us, ranging from basketball recruiting, what he's hearing uh, out of the football building as practice starts ramping up here. Uh, Yeah, a lot of great stuff from Justin. He's uh, as plugged in as they come around these parts, so it was nice to pick his brain for uh, almost a half hour. It was it was nice. He, he gave us a lot of time, very generous with his time, and also gave us a lot of information as well. So let's just get to him right now, shall we? Folks, he's a gentleman, a scholar, a Philadelphia sports apologist, but more importantly, <laughs> he's an A-plus recruiting and everything else reporter from 24-7 Sports and also the co-host of Spartan Beat. That's right. We're talking about the one, the only, Justin Thind. Justin, how on earth is your weekend going, my man? It is going perfectly great now that the AC is back for some notable recruits in state. So Amen. everything is rolling. Amen. Internet's on, AC's on. I, we're, we're thriving in the world of Spartan sports, man. This is great. But before we dig into Spartan sports, I, I got to ask you, how is Ben Simmons still on the 76ers, man? I, I, I just need to pick your brain about that really quick. That, that's got to be I, irritating for you. So I haven't decided exactly what the real reason for the high okay. trade value is. I Part of me wants to say that they don't actually want to trade them and are just throwing Hail Marys to see if somebody might take them for this value. And really the rumors are just being created just to give them a bigger nudge this offseason to work harder at shooting. Or if or – if, because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons is a top two defender and a top seven passer. And I'm wondering if they're just putting a lot of weight on that sentiment and not the fact that he couldn't score on a traffic cone. So like, sure. I don't know, maybe they're, they really are just kind of delusional about the value because those two things are factual about his defensive passing, but I'm not entirely sure what I think is even going on there. 
So I, I want to keep it locked on to hoops right now, but maybe <laughs> um, I, I guess locked on Spartans, I guess I should right. talk about Michigan State sports. So, mm-hmm. um, so listen, what's going on with the Monty Bates? I'll, I'll, I'll just shoot it out right there. I don't even have like a good, like competent formed question to give you. Yeah. What, what the hell's going on with the Monty Bates? Because I know so, that like you had him at, right. I think, a 10 crystal ball to go pro. And this yeah. isn't like, I'm not saying like, oh, I, eat your words. Like, no, I think right, everyone right, right, right. thought that he was going pro. So like, what the hell's happened? So what had happened was uh, when he first dropped the top eight, I immediately asked like three people that would know for sure whether he's talking to the staff or not, if he was, mm-hmm. if they've been in any contact and they said, no, we haven't, they, they said the staff hasn't talked to them uh, to the Bates camp since he decommitted. So I had said at the time that multiple sources tell me there's no contact. And that was true. Definitely hundred percent true. Then two, three weeks go by and I hear a rumor on Friday of last week, so nine days ago, that supposedly there was a conversation um, between uh, between Amani and MSU that was initiated by Amani, but I couldn't get anybody to confirm it, and it was just a singular rumor. Not one person would confirm it, and um, also just because they had any conversation doesn't mean that there was that had anything to do with uh, him recommitting or that it actually meant anything. So that was another reason I didn't want to put it out there to give people false hope because they would immediately have assumed that means that there's some traction there. So I kept that to myself. And, um, but what I had heard recently, um, which is actually why I moved my crystal off down from a 10 to a nine, even though I still, still think go. that pro <laughs> is likely, but I had heard that Nike, is kind of nudging uh, the Bates camp to kind of go and play in college just so that once they sign Amani to a an endorsement deal by the time he's in the NBA, that he will have had a much stronger brand behind him due to the college, um, like the, co- the whole college platform. But the question is, what can Nike really do to, to actually have him listen? That's really what I'm not really sure about so i don't exactly see that as like a for sure oh there's the factor the money's gonna go play in college because nike said so like that's not how i look at it but just an interesting other element there so uh, it's nobody really knows exactly where he's going um as as you can see there's been no crystal ball movement on 24 7 for him so we'll wait and see and i i it is interesting that some people have said that he might want to play with um jalen duran at memphis and at the surface level, you think, why would Imani want to share a spotlight, which is kind of mm-hmm. what we've like been accustomed to knowing him as over the years. But he did go and play with um, with uh, Jalen Duran and some other five stars back in the EYBL circuit this summer. So maybe that is something he'll do. But all I know is as of three weeks ago, Michigan State was not contacting him. Maybe there is some sort of communication now, but there's nothing to indicate that he's going to be recommitting to Michigan State or anything like that. So percentage that he comes to Michigan State, obviously your crystal ball nine for pro. Would yeah. you put it at a single percentage, or is it at least two percent chance that he comes to Michigan State? Um, it's definitely less than ten. Um, if yeah. I would have known more about exactly what kind of a nudge Nike is giving him, and sure. if I could have confirmed for sure whether or not Michigan State uh, picked up his phone last week, then I let's just say seven percent. Okay, that's actually not bad. Okay, seven. Wow. Okay, yeah, then, then let me change it to four. Let, yeah. me, let me change it to four then since you got so excited because I don't want anyone getting excited okay. about this. All right, so, that, that's fair. That's fair. Four. 
All right. No, four I can deal with. I, I won't lose too much sleep on that. Now, seven, yeah, I stare at the ceiling being like, oh, my God, this could happen. But no. Uh, and just to also keep it on hoops for one more question as well. Um, we are recording on Sunday. This is, of course, the day after that uh, Trayvon Holloman committed to Michigan State. Was this a surprise? I don't remember this being on the calendar. I, I thought he was going to do this perhaps in the fall. It, yeah. A, is that so, correct? And B, if that was correct, like yes. why did he move it up? Any idea? So, I, yeah. So when I put in the crystal ball back in July, I talked to him before I put that crystal ball in and uh, said, um, I kind of just asked him, I'm like, uh, so I'm thinking about putting in a crystal ball, but I kind of am wondering about your timeline just to kind of like see just what kind of reaction the kid would even have about sure. me putting in the crystal ball, just kind of feeling it out and giving him a heads up because, you know, the Instagram fan pages these days will tag the kid in a crystal ball immediately. So I kind of wanted to give him a heads up. And the basketball recruits are even a little more different than football ones and wanting there to be suspense and stuff. So um, at that point, he uh, he was like, yeah, I'm uh, planning to commit in September and I like Michigan State. Um, don't, don't know for sure whether it's going to be them, but I like Michigan State and I plan to commit in September. So I figure he didn't try to dissuade me from it. And he uh, said that he's committing within two months of that conversation. So I put in the crystal ball uh, that along with checking with some sources. And yeah, so mm-hmm. September was what the uh, working theory was. And then I go on Twitter yesterday and he says he's committing soon. And that's the first time I heard about the timeline getting moved up. And then I uh, checked with some people about what they were hearing. And then I uh, bumped the crystal ball up to an eight, dropped the dominoes uh, tweet, which yeah, I guess saw that very crafty. Nice. <laughs> so uh, might need to rework kind of what my commitment teaser GIF is. since so many people seem to be confused about that these days. I, I don't know what that outcry was all about but there were six seven people saying don't do this it's confusing so that might need some workshop no, that, that's on them no that, that's on them I, w- I would keep doing the dominoes but like make it even like grainier every time you drop it like it never had to be the same high quality make it look like the uh yeah what was it the mo wagner on nick ward gift by like the tenth recruit of, of the cycle for either sport yeah, maybe i will maybe i'll switch to an hourglass thing maybe that's more suitable we'll see but uh, yeah, so I didn't know that he was going to move it up. But uh, once he once he did say he was going to move it up, I checked and I made sure everything was still looking the way it was going to look. And um, and there we, he, he committed. Guys, we will be right back in a hot second with Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports. But first, betonline.ag. That's right, betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball swing is in full swing, as you already know, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Don't forget football, too. Preseason, baby. That's right. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs or preseason head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus that's right 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on that's one word locked on all right guys betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts the man the myth, the legend, Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports and Spartan Beat. Of course, uh, let's remix up the football right now. And, hey, just because I'm such a nice guy, uh, let's let's start with a bad note right now. 
the weekend for Michigan State did not start great with uh, Ryan Bayer, of course, a four-star offensive line prospect, committing to Pitt and not Michigan State. So I guess the question I have for you is, is MSU locked in with the four offensive linemen they have right now? Are they trying to get a fifth guy in there? Is Keontae Goodwin even an option, or should I not even dream about that anymore? So Keontae Goodwin is still in a like he's still planning to come to Michigan State in the fall. Um, obviously, it depends um, what happens in a few months from now and if he changes his mind because it's recruiting. So you never know for sure. But that's the current plan. Um, beyond that, there are about three or four other guys that Michigan State is turning and looking at now. But we don't have those names yet. We just know how long the shortlist is. We don't know who the names are, are gotcha. on the shortlist. So we will, I guess, pass that information out to the public once we get it. But yeah, so um, Coach Cap is going to probably drag this out into the fall so he can get some actual senior tape on these guys since there's not really any rush to fill this spot now. And obviously, if Goodwin is still in the fold, that's going to be the top priority. But I personally wouldn't be opposed to just turning it into a Goodwin or bust and just moving into the portal for, for another O-lineman after the season if they don't get Goodwin. But I would defer to Cap there, and if he feels like one of the other high school guys is worth taking, then I will obviously uh, leave that up to the guy that does this for a living. So and I believe that MSU is now at 18 commits for the 2022 cycle. What, is is linebacker position they are even worried about? Because I don't think there's a single linebacker locked in for this class, unless I'm missing something. So, um, yeah, so you're not missing it if you okay, just look it. at the list. But, um, yeah, because Quavian Carter is listed as a safety, but he is a linebacker recruit. So Got it. He, okay. he is the only one, though, and the plan is to stop there. The only thing that could change that plan is if um, – Four-star Michael Williams from West Bloomfield has a great, great senior season. Right now, he's not um, someone that they've had a lot of contact with, but he really likes Michigan State, and he'll have the opportunity to earn a spot this this, uh, senior season. But he might be somebody that they might expand it to two linebacker uh, commitments for. But right now, the plan is to just roll with one, and that is Quavian Carter from Georgia. That's the dude with the Clemson offer, by the way. Some people might just remember him based on sure. that tidbit. That's good enough for me. Yeah, that, that plays in my book. Um, <laughs> also, in 24-7 sports, you had uh, two great uh, pieces that, that dropped. Uh, I believe both were, were free, too, for anyone to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and one's going to lead right into the other here. The first is the the battle between uh, Russo and Thorne. You wrote a ton of words on that, which was very in-depth and awesome. And then also uh, the death chart, too, like kind of what you're hearing and yeah. how it's going to be shaken out here. So let's just start with, you know, the big quarterback battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, like, could you boil down what you wrote into, like, a 30 to 60-second yes. summary? Or has anything yes. changed ever since writing that? Um, we haven't really gotten enough feedback in the first two or three practices to say Figure. anything has changed, but I can definitely boil it down into a few sentences. So my main point is, um, my main point in that article was the fact that a lot of people say that Peyton Thorne has interception issues, which is true. However, people don't realize that just because he has interception issues does not mean that the alternative quarterback is automatically better in that category. Now, why I say that is Peyton Thorne. Um, oh, wait, sorry. Did I say Peyton Thorne the first time? 
Okay, so Russo has the interception. Issues. Right, 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 right. I'm got about it. to say, okay, Anthony I was gonna say Russo. what he does, like Thorne does. Oh no, <laughs> not so good. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, this second uh, clause of my statement, I was like, I think I just said Peyton Thorne twice. So, yes, Anthony Russo has noted interception issues. That's in the box scores. Now, what you also can look at is the fact that last year, in the short amount of sample size against great competition and a bad offensive line, that Peyton Thorne endured, he also had an interception ratio of three to three. Obviously, I'm not putting any stock in that. I'm not going to use that and say, oh, he's a guy that's going to have a one-to-one interception touchdown ratio his whole career. I'm just saying we haven't seen anything that proves he's not um, – or that he's – we haven't seen anything that proves he's better at ball security than, than Anthony Russo just yet. So if somebody's entire basis of their argument for why Thorne should start over Russo – is just interceptions. I don't think that's valid because we don't know if the other quarterback is even better at Russo when it comes to that facet. So that that was the first part of my article is I don't think it's fair to use that if the entire thing that is Russo's greatest weakness isn't even a strength for Thorne. The other part of it was I was looking at why Russo had thrown those interceptions. And obviously many of them, um, many of them were saying that uh, he's a guy that uh, just like has bad judgment. And that's true. That's, that's some of the throws, but what people didn't realize is offensive line was not good. He never had any time to throw. They were in a lot of third and longs. They were trailing in a lot of games. Receivers didn't get any separation. So he's still going to be a guy that throws more interceptions than you want, but he also wasn't a guy that is going to be throwing that same amount of interceptions here at Michigan state, just because that's how many threw at temple. So We'll see. I think there are some reasons that people should want uh, Peyton Thorne to be the starter because he's going to be here longer. So the more experience he gets, the better for him. He's also more mobile. Um, But I think that the offensive line should be much approved. So that shouldn't be a deciding factor where the more mobile guy should win. Uh, Whereas last year, I might have agreed because the offensive line was bad. So, um, But then again, the other whole counter argument about the fact is some people say – to the people that say, oh, you got to start the younger guy because the ceiling is higher. This is true, except we're not exactly worried about who's going to be better by the end of their career because that's what that sentence really is talking about. Mm-hmm. What we should be worried about is who is going to be better in under 30 days um, on September 3rd in Northwestern. That is really what should decide who wins this job, not who's who has more to gain by starting this year. It's who's going to get Michigan State to six or seven wins, get us those extra three weeks of bowl practices. It doesn't matter who has the higher ceiling down the road. It's who has the higher ceiling throughout the next eight months or so. No, right on. And so obviously the quarterback battle is the biggest one. What would you yeah. say is like the next biggest battle? Like in front of me, I just have written down, obviously, the, the maybe the second linebacker position. I think it's safe to say that uh, Quivers Crouch has the first one locked up. Any yep. inkling with Ben Van Summer taking over Noah Harvey, or is it pretty much Noah Harvey there? Or is is there a bigger battle that you see unfolding uh, in, in the next co- coming weeks of practice? Um, so you kind of cut out on, on some of those. Could you possibly uh, repeat that? No, that's fine. I also asked like two way different questions at the same time. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> uh, it isn't confusing at all. So I, I guess the first one is um, – Let's just focus on the linebacker battle. Like, is there any shot, do you think, that Ben Van Summer can t- overtake Noah Harvey right now or another guy like Chase Klein, perhaps? Or do you so, think it is for sure Harvey and Carter being the two guys? 
Crouch, so, Crouch, sorry, Crouch. You're good, yeah. So, so Crouch, yeah, Crouch definitely is a spot, like you said. So, what the other thing is, I would not be opposed to seeing, um, seeing that turn into a a very. The, I'm talking about Harvey now. Harvey on the other spot. Mm-hmm. I would not be opposed to that turning into a battle here in this camp because um, Harvey knows the scheme, knows the system, smart linebacker, but he has some physical limitations that are always going to be an issue. Um, and he's not exactly the most athletic and explosive guy, and sometimes even fills the wrong gaps uh, when run discipline is required. And other than that, that was and, great. Other than that, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So the so I would not be opposed to seeing someone else in that spot. The only issue is Quaveras Crouch is I want to say his third year of organized football playing linebacker, and great. he was a running back before that, which you can see with the explosiveness he plays with and the athleticism, but. So he was at Tennessee, didn't have a real linebackers coach. Um, if you listen to the conjecture that's on the message boards, if you listen to that, some people say that his position coach was basically just in charge of recruiting, and we know how they recruited. So you can draw yeah. your own labels to his role there. But that, so yeah, so he basically didn't have much coaching, if that is true. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't follow Tennessee, but. So he's really, really raw in terms of the actual football element of side of things, um, in terms of knowing the linebacker position. So I would want somebody next to him to be the opposite from a mental uh, like scheme readiness standpoint. And Harvey just knows the defense inside and out. And I feel like if you put Ben Van Sumer in there, he's also very new to the system. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to weigh – what would be more beneficial to the defense more familiarity or just being a better linebacker and how big is that gap so that's what fall practice will tell the staff but that's why i in my article had written that harvey would be in that spot because i was not comfortable with two linebackers being in that in that rotation at the same time i that just kind of would lead to a lot of busts i feel like but if those busts are are, are less than uh, how i'm imagining their frequency to be or if Ben Van Sumer is just a much better linebacker, then even better. Two great segments down with Justin Thin. We got one to go after this short break. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right, very, very Built Bar. By far the best tasting protein bar out there. Uh, if you haven't tried it for yourself, well, we got a, we got a promo code at the end of this little ad read here that you could uh, use to take some money off so you can get a Built Bar package sent your way. Uh, did you know that they have nine delicious flavors and, of course, the occasional limited-time flavor like Rocky Road right now? Uh, they got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Of course, most flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 grams of net carbs. Order today, guys. Get that raspberry, the mint brownie, double chocolate, or, like I said, Rocky Road, sent to you as soon as possible. And, like I said earlier, there's a promo code, guys. That's right. We're going to save you 15% off your order using the promo code LOCKED15. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15, 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. I'm going to put my... uh competent host hat on and actually asked the second question um as a standalone question now this is uh you know, <laughs> me trying to 
be a good podcast host right now. So is there another position battle that, that really sticks out to you as uh, hotly contested as much as quarterback and linebacker, or is the next mm. best battle maybe like not even as, as spicy? No, I would, I, I would say I would say I'm very intrigued by a third position battle, and that is the nickelback spot because yeah, right uh, Chester Kimbrough is a guy that uh, has put out a lot of good muscle, I heard, and he is challenging Michael Dowell in that uh, nickelback spot. And um, Michael has had the leg up going into fall camp uh, because of familiarity with the position and familiarity with the defense. However, if raw talent wins out by the end of the fall and uh, Chester ends up uh, supplanting Dowell at that spot, I would not be surprised at all. In fact, if I had to bet money, I would say that that's more likely than Dowell keeping the spot. But I, oh, that okay. one, that's a position where I don't really mind. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say my, I shouldn't mind um, no matter what happens, but sure. I don't really have any, any real, um, I guess I don't really have any convictions on who should win. I, that one is it, whoever wins, I would, I would be willing to believe that they are actually the better player there. And uh, there's no question about that. So that's kind of a guy where Dowell is much more physical, much more in the box, an aggressive linebacker, whereas Chester's faster, can cover more downfield, but still has the ability to tackle in the box. So both guys are a little different, and uh, I guess we'll see which one's more ready by the fall, but both guys can make a pretty big impact there. That's awesome. And thank you so much for, you know, letting me pick your brain and oh, being generous with your time. I got one more question here before uh, we, we get you out the door and join the rest of your air conditioned filled Sunday. Um, <laughs> there has obviously been some nice chatter leaving the football center about uh, Keon Coleman. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone has pretty high remarks to say about him. Like maybe his technique isn't all the way there, but whew, from raw athlete standpoint, uh, yeah, some great things coming out. Any other freshman or transfer or maybe like under the radar player also getting love, um, like blowing up your phone at all, or is it pretty much just Keon dominated? So, yeah, no, so so Keon's good uh, for sure. I I heard about Keon. uh, He's even better athletically than they expected, but he might need a little bit of uh, some refinement on the football side of things where Uh, like when to break off a route. Yeah, like when to break off the route, when to come close to the quarterback on a scramble, how to kind of sit in between zones. So, gotcha. so he, 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 yes, like expectations should be kind of lowered, but at the same time, maybe not because from an athletic standpoint, he might even just be able to see the field as a wide receiver three quite a bit this year, just due to pure athleticism. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, so. Uh, I know Cam Allen has impressed, but the other thing there is I don't know if he's going to be able to block much uh, as a true freshman since they didn't block, they didn't use tight ends for blocking uh, down in Texas where he played. So if um, if he would have had blocking down um, and came in with that background, I, I feel like he could have even been tight on one. But gotcha. that blocking nice. hurdle is going to be going to be tough for him to get over just after one year. Um, I actually would. Uh, this is the opposite of the question you asked me, but I would kind of say that I would keep expectations low about incoming transfer Malik Carr because of the fact that he's going to be playing a new position once he's healthy. He's currently not healthy. He's in a walking boot right now, but I think it should be back in a couple of weeks. But so he's going to be a guy that's missed most of fall camp and is going to be learning a new position. So I think by the time the season rolls around, he's probably not going to be playing as much as people thought just based off his star ranking. But I feel like once he really gets a whole off season here, you're going to see what Michigan State had in, had in store for his whole Kyle Pitts kind of usage. So he's a guy that I would say wait until the following season to get really excited about. Um, That's good to know. Jared Horse? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. So Jarrett Horse, I know I covered him in that piece of him playing left tackle, and that was confirmed when uh, they they started camp. So he's been dominating. Um, That's why he kind of got that blindside uh, spot locked up for himself. Um, Ronald Williams, he seems to be running away with one of the starting cornerback spots opposite of Kalen Gervin. Uh, So that's great to see, definitely, because he's an older guy, came from Alabama. Yep. who else? Who else? Obviously, Kenny Walker is everything he was advertised as, if not more. All of he, that. There we go. Yeah, he's he's. I don't I don't know how to temper my expectations there. I just think he's going to be one of the best running back in, obviously, at least the Big Ten, but might even be a top ten running back in the nation. I I would argue. We'll see though. But, Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That yeah, that's the guy where. I mean, I I haven't been. If if he doesn't have a stellar season, it would be one of the most incorrect I've ever been about a player. He, it might he might be up there with what I had said about Rocket Watts, and he didn't become after his freshman year. So like the like my expectations for Kenny are just through the roof. So he, he and it's just like for the all the things that you think you would need out of that position, like he has the speed, the vision, the patience, the acceleration. Um, just every every tool he has, kind of like Le'Veon Bell, even though I know that's a lazy analysis everybody kind of makes, but he really does have all of those things. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see how it translates. And with my hopes for the offensive line being much better due to the reshuffling and addition of Horst, just I think they can win some games just due to the run game. We'll see, though. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. God. <sighs> We're at the part of the season or the summer, rather, the offseason. We're like, and now, now I'm just expecting like a nine and three year, like after yeah. and all this. Great. <laughs> yeah, I, I consistently uh, ask Steven and Corey, like, can you guys give me reasons for why this team won't be really, really good? Like, please find me some reasons because I am currently missing them. Because uh, oh, don't tell me this. Don't yeah. tell me this. Because <laughs> <laughs> <'cause laughs> gross. Because Gross and Xavier Henderson at safety are, are solid, but so def- uh, cornerback is cornerback and I guess the other linebacker spot that isn't Crouch. Those are the only kind of things that give me pause for concern, but I don't know if those are enough of a question mark for me to be sitting here tempering expectations, even though that would be the smart thing to do. <laughs> this is going to end with us pooling our money together and taking over four and a half wins, isn't it? I think oh, this is how I, this all wraps the, up. The second, the second the practices wind down and we make sure there's no big injuries, I will be putting lots of money on that over four and a half. But this is not right. betting advice for the disclaimer. <laughs> this isn't betting advice. It's financial advice. That's what we're doing right now. We're, we're hooking everyone up with a retirement plan right now. If you missed well, up, yeah. if you. <laughs> If you, missed on the, if you missed on the Dogecoin rise and you missed on the GameStop thing. Yep. <laughs> that's, it, yep. <laughs> that's right. Better than meme stock, baby. You got that right. <laughs> well, Phil, Steel, Phil Steel will be the only guy taking the under once uh, once my narrative oh, yeah. is pushing how good this team's going to be. He'll, he'll be lining uh, all of our pockets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- thanks a lot, Justin. I mean, uh, really, really do appreciate uh, all your insight, your inside info, and uh, hey, your time as well, man. Uh, definitely much appreciated. And you, you're always a welcome voice on here, Justin. You're, you're the man. Perfect. The man. I will be back soon. Really appreciate it, Matt. Thanks a lot. Another huge, huge thanks to Justin for his time, allowing us to pick his brain for that long about uh, all things Michigan State basketball and football Uh, we will be back tomorrow like i said we got keith nickel on for two segments to catch up with how his golf game's going how his professional life is going and uh the old msu glory days so that will be a fun one coming tomorrow 
Betting on the Spartans or Lions or Tigers or Pistons Summer League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, Ron team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys, halfway through the week. Strong finish here. Let's go. Go green.